Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today we're going to start talking about this messy back to school season that is going to happen. So you guys know I have been in the special education community professionally for over two decades, and we have never seen a back to school season like this, right? So I just got done with our VIP weekend for master IEP coaches. If you guys aren't familiar with what a master IEP coach is, hop on over to masteriepcoach.com. You'll find out all about it. And we were discussing, now this is a, a group of parents, teachers, admins, and therapists who have gone through a mentorship to become a master IP coach, and they're from all over the country. So I got to hear all different plans, you know, straight from people who are in the community about what's going to happen going back to school. And you know what? Every plan is different. Every plan is just a little bit more confusing than the next, right? So as I'm working with master IP coaches and I'm sharing with them what needs to happen as we go back to school, by no means am I saying that I have all the answers for what's supposed to happen in the back to school season because I've been through this before. No, because nobody's been through this before. So all of the solutions that are coming about for this back to school season are, are really based on our best educated guests. Now, that being said, there are some things that have not changed, and we can focus there to help build some stability and some focus for what we need to do next. Our IEP process has not changed. The purpose of an IEP has not changed. In fact, I haven't shared it here in a little while of the purpose of an IEP, so let's just go through that real quick. Most people know that the purpose of an IEP is to provide a free and appropriate public education. And that's where the gray area of appropriate really causes tense and stress. And stress. However, there's the next line in that purpose and findings of ideal law that is governing our special education paperwork and system and services. It says to meet a child's unique needs. That's where it comes into individualizing things. But it also says, and this is my favorite part, to prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. And that's where we can really focus as we move into this fall, messy, back to school year, uh, that we can focus on what are we going to do that's going to have long-term good impact for a child. Now, to do that, we have to really start breaking things down very small. So I've got three steps for you today on what you can do to help with this messy back to school season. The first thing is that you need to really decide the top three priorities for your child or if you're a teacher and you're here an admin, uh, you know, for your students, for each individual student, what are the top three priorities? Now, inside of an IEP, there are dozens of things that can get done, right? Should get done, need to get done. However, what are the top three? Remember, I'm not talking about what are you going to do for the first month of school? What are you going to do for the first 90 days of school? What are you going to do for you know the whole school year? No, I'm looking at the first week. We have to start really small. This feels really overwhelming, doesn't it? I mean, I'm a mom. 
I know this feeling of, of just being overwhelmed and having to make a lot of decisions and they feel like really big decisions and they feel like long-term decisions. But if we've learned anything over these past five months, it's that we need to truly focus on what we can control and what we can make a choice in. And we have to do this with uh, the perspective of we're making a decision for what's right right now. And chances are the information is going to change sooner than later because that's just been the trend and we don't see that changing. So what do you need to focus on the first week? What are the first three things. Now, for some kids, that's going to be academics. For some, it's going to be social emotional. For some, it's going to be communication. For some, it's going to be just getting to know the new routines. For some, it's going to be rebuilding trust. There's going to be a lot of different ways that we can focus. And I don't want you to focus on it as a big picture. Well, yes, my child needs communication. No, like what's one piece of their communication that deficit that has been having a huge negative impact during all of this stuff happening that we can work on that first week of school to get focused in that area of communication. That doesn't mean pick the hardest thing. It might be the most simple thing. But I need you to really focus on three things. I also need you not to assume that everybody else knows what those three things are. So as a parent, you might be thinking, you know what? I just want to make sure my child's okay. I want to make sure they understand the new rules at school. I want to make sure that they understand who their teacher is, who their support staff is. I, I need to make sure of that. Where the teacher may be feeling the pressure and might be in freak out mode because they know that your child has probably lost some of their um, ability to read sight words. And they're like, okay, here's our schedule. We're going to do reading at nine o'clock. Everybody sit down. Let's go. And they're, they want to push towards progress academically when you as a parent might be saying, that's super important. I want that to happen. And maybe week two, week three, week four, I'm good with that. But right now, my child is going to um, need help trusting this whole system. Because one day they went to school last year, and then the next day they didn't. And they haven't gone back for a really long time. So what are those three priorities? Now, some kids are like, yes, I'm going back. And this is my teacher. And this is my support staff. And trust isn't going to be an issue. They're just happy to go back. They're excited to be with their friends. So they can jump right into something like, okay, priority. Let's get some baseline data in math because we haven't worked on math. Math is not something that they were motivated to do at home. It became a struggle. A uh, parent was like, forget it. We're not even doing math. I don't care right now. You know, no shame in that. No shame in whatever you let go. That's fine. Let's get some baseline then into what's happening in math because that child may not need so much social emotional support in the same way as another child. So that's step number one. Step number two. Now remember, we're talking about getting ready for the first week of school, not the first month, the first week. Is there anything that you can do for your child or for your students when it comes to previewing what the school is going to look like? Now, when you're listening to this podcast right now, you may not have your, your school building accessible with, you know, I don't know, arrows on the floor like they have at Walmart now. I don't know. But 
Are there going to be new signs up? Are there going to be new hand sanitizer stations? Are there going to be new policies for the water fountain? Now, remember, in special education, we have spent years teaching a child how to greet appropriately, how to use the water fountain appropriately, how to stand in line close to their friends all lined up appropriately. Basically, we're breaking all of those rules that we've been teaching for a very long time. So is there anything that we can do, maybe even some video modeling, a video tour? Come on, we all know that there's virtual tours happening everywhere. I mean, we could have watched a virtual tour of the zoo, um, of the museum, of, of concerts. We can handle a virtual tour of the school. We need virtual tours of the school for many of our students who have IEPs to make sure that they have some type of visual kind of prep for what they're walking into. Because how many of you guys in the last few months have walked into somewhere and you're like, what is going on? I know my first experience when I went out and I was wearing a mask and I was around other people with masks. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't handle it. I turned around and I walked out. It was a lot. Guess what? Our students do not have the choice to turn around and walk out of school. I can, as an adult, when I'm uncomfortable in whatever's happening in, in the current environment, I can turn around and walk out. We don't have that option for students. They have to be there. So what are we gonna do to preview and prep to help make this happen? Now, the third thing that we need to do to make sure that that, that first week really works out well is to make sure that we have a plan for behavior management. Okay. That's what we might call it um, in, you know, last year. <laughs> okay. There's still going to be behavior management plans, classroom management plans, motivators and rewards, but a really key conversation that you can have. And I'm going to tell you, if you as a parent, teacher, admin, or therapist, if you guys have this conversation with your team, it takes one or two emails, okay, to do this. You are going to be ahead of where you even think you are, okay? Meaning like, I know you feel like I got all these things to do. I got all these different things um, that, that need to happen, but I'm telling you, ready for this one? Not only do you need to have this like classroom management, behavior management, all those plans are going to be in place and you have motivators and rewards. And usually those are used to like get somebody to do something or you reward like you did a great job or you tried your best. You need to know as a team what might work for a child to help them get through panic, anxiety, and stress of how different things are and how long they have been out of school. Things are going to be different and they've been gone for a long time. There's going to be a lot of emotions and we need to really communicate about how we can help a child calm down and then move through their day. Because I don't know any adult through this situation that hasn't felt that moment of, oh my gosh, our students, our children, they're going to feel that too. They're not going to have the words to express it. We didn't have the words to express it. You know, clearly we're getting better at it now because we're a few months into it. But what type of kind of calming, relaxing, um, you know, just reassurance, again, to build back that trust would your child or your student need in those moments to avoid the meltdown shutdown to the point where, you know, they can't come back, meaning like they're just shut down for the rest of the day. We don't want that. 
So have the conversation of, you know what, and if they're upset. Now, this motivator might be something like, like the iPad. Let's just say it's the iPad, okay? And, it, and as a teacher, you probably limit the screen time. And they only get it for reward or they only get it for this. They only get it for that. You know what? You might have to be flexible in how you use your calming, comforting, reassuring activities with your students to make sure that they can participate and be available to learn throughout the day because they are not coming back as the same kids as when they left. We have all been through a ton of things. Now, these are three things that you can do to get back to school with a little bit less stress for that first day and that first week. There are so many things that we need to do for the first week, the second week, the first 30 days, the next 90 days. I'll be back here with more things that you can do as we move through this back to school season. But those three things are things that you can start right now. Start figuring out those priorities. Start figuring out if you can get that preview tour or a video virtual tour of what the changes are gonna be in the school. Start really thinking about what does a child need for comfort during this day. Because most kids who, who have IEPs have been in school possibly since the age they were three and they never stop going to school. And now they've been out of school for five months. This is the longest gap in services they've probably had in their entire life. Comfort is going to be needed. Even if they don't know how to express it, even if you don't think so, even if you think they're doing okay, you need to have all of that together, all right? So those three things, this is just the beginning, remember, I would love to work with you inside of the Master IEP Coach Mentorship. Hop on over to masteriepcoach.com. A Master IEP Coach is a parent, teacher, admin, or therapist. Somebody who sits at the IEP table, who's thinking, it doesn't have to be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. And I wanna get better at this for myself and for my community. I'm gonna help my own family, I'm gonna help my own students, and I'm going to help others. Come on into the Master IP Coach Mentorship at masteripcoach.com. I'll see you guys there.